Pastor Anthony here at the Engage Studios, aka Backyard, on this gorgeous summer day, hanging out with Seth. Seth, what is happening? Dude, it is. I mean, we talked talked last week about pleasure and work. It's the best job I ever had. I mean, it's a gorgeous day. Great day to do a podcast. You can't, you cannot get better than this. I'm not rubbing it in people's faces who are in their cubicles at work, but I'm having a great day. So, boy, it seems like you got a, a pretty good boss. All right, let's not let's, let's let's not get over the top now. Okay? Let's not get prideful. Let's not get prideful. Okay, pride's a sensor. All right, <laughs> we are continuing in our series where we are taking hot topics. Yeah. And today we're actually borrowing from from Prager U, and I I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but Dennis Prager. Um, he's, he has a website, and he's and what, what I like they they've been doing something recently. Well, they were, they will drop a very vague comment, like a question. And for today's hot topic, we're going to be discussing this: Why are so many young people depressed, unhappy, and angry? Hmm. I wonder. I wonder what the audience thinks about that. Is this is this overused? Like, is this overdone? I mean, is it? Is it really true that people are that, or you know, is that like a buzzword, you know, or is it true? I think it's a hundred percent true. I, um, I think if you asked, if you took a bunch of people, let's just say a thousand people between the ages of eighteen to I'm going to say thirty nine. That's thunder that you hear in the background, Anthony's dog. If you take all those people, eighteen to thirty nine. And you've asked them, are you satisfied with your life right now? Are you fulfilled in your life? I would be shocked if less than 98% of them said no. See, that's another great question. Are you satisfied with your life right now? Yeah. That's a super, super great question to ask. And you, you would say people would say no. I would say people, most people, I would be, like I said, I'd be shocked if it was less than 89 or 98%. And so the reason, so you have to ask yourself why, why are they not satisfied? Why are people unhappy? Again, I think if you had a thousand people, Mm -hmm. you get a thousand different answers. Mm -hmm. But I think just like with a lot of things, if you take all those answers, you can, if you trace them back, I think you could find there's a common theme in all of them, which is uh, people have an expectation for what life is going, what life should be like what they themselves should be like, what their lifestyle on a day-to-day basis should be like, and it's, it, it doesn't look like that. It's not yeah. close to it. So they feel dissatisfied, they feel angry, because they're thinking, okay, I'm in my 30s, I should be, I should be making X amount of dollars, I should be working this type of job, I should be in this part of my life, and I'm not. And I think what tends to happen is, and again, as a millennial, as a part of that generation, I do this all the time. I, I get to a point where I feel frustrated and I look and I say, well, it's because of this. It's because, um, you know, I've heard people say, I've heard, uh, it's because wages aren't high enough. If, wage, if I was getting paid more at my job, I'd be happier because I'd be able to afford a nicer house that I feel like I should have at the age that I am. Or, like, personally, when I've had, uh, that's Anthony's neighbors, um, if I feel unsatisfied, whatever, I say, oh, it's because um, I'm raising three kids. I, 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 I wish I was more active. I wish I was more 
it's tough when you have three little kids at home because you can't go, you know, like you, you make excuses and that's what they are, simply excuses. Um, but in reality, and maybe I'm getting ahead of, ahead of schedule, I think what it comes down to is, is should we really have expectations for where we should be at certain points in our life? Or should we have more of a fluid, constantly evolving approach on our lifestyle, which is not everyone should have kids at a certain age. Not everyone should be working their dream job by a certain age. Um, you know, I, I think so every the answer your question, long winded question or answer, I'm sorry, is I think it comes down to there is an expectation that we all have on ourselves and where we should be. And we're dissatisfied because we're not where we want to be. We're not who we want to be. We don't look the way we want to look. We're not making the amount of money we think we should be making. So on and so forth. Yeah, and so much of that has to do with your preconceived, your, your starting point. I remember studying, um, it was, we called it man's search for meaning, or it was um, homeostasis, man's search for homeostasis. And uh, it was like this picture that is in your mind of where what life should be like. And then you look at how you're actually living. And as, as long as that picture is different than the way you're living, you're never going to be content. Mm-hmm. And I guess the easiest way to understand that would be if you got like a picture hanging up in your house and every time you hang it, it's, it slides to the right a little bit. Yeah. And you keep fixing it and no matter what happens, it keeps moving to the right. And it, it keeps, you know, just drives you crazy until you just deal with, I guess, that it's going to keep sliding to the right. And maybe it's you that needs to adjust. Um, and I think that that's what happened in, in, in America, that we have changed our our uh, our perspective so much. And this is a book that was recommended to me. And I've, I've told Seth about this before. It's by an author named David Brooks. And he wrote a, he wrote a text called uh, Man's... No, not Man's Search for Significance. That's Viktor Frankl. What, what was his book, David Brooks? Uh, the Road to Character? The Road to Character. Yeah. And in it, he talks about how our values have changed. He talks about how there's two different kind of values. There's resume values, and there's also funeral values. And he says, basically, res- resume values are all the, the stuff that you've accomplished. you know. Um, and then he talks about funeral qualities and those are the things that people stand around and talk about at your funeral you know the qualities of your life and he argues in the book that for the history of the world we have always looked at if somebody is significant if someone led a good life by their funeral qualities and then he he goes on to say that that has changed that now people look at life through the resume uh, qualities and that is the, the three-dimensional things, the things you can see, touch, and feel. It's your your 401k, it's your house, it's your clothes you wear, it's a car, you know, it's, the, it's the, all the status stuff. And he argues that those things aren't bad in themselves, it's just you need to flip it. You need to be concerned about the quality of the person. And even in the Bible, I mean, look at what Paul says. He says to, to pursue the fruit of the Spirit. And all those things are invisible. They're, they're, they're funeral qualities, Right. And so for me, I think part of the problem is, is parents have bought into this lie and are not teaching their kids that the first and foremost 
the most important things that you can do in life is to develop these qualities you know love peace joy uh i don't remember the rest of them but they're in galatians peace. 5 uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go uh, ahead go for joy, it kindness uh selfishness or uh, selflessness long suffering you know patience yeah all that stuff so I think that the markers have changed. That's what I think has happened. And because of that, it's creating a lot of unhappy people. Mm-hmm. So I think parents can be blamed. Um, you know, when I look at the comments, I'm, I'm on the thread now. And, um, you know, people are blaming uh, the, the older generation for not teaching them. Um, they're, they're also talking about division. They're talking about kids being so spoiled that they didn't have to work for anything. Uh, a lot of people are talking about social media. A lot of people are citing, you know, spirituality. Some per, well, one of the pe- people here, they say that their souls are empty. They have no God or no Jesus, no foundation, no morals, so, and, they're, and they're lost. So maybe it, that's a combination of all those things. I think in before we recorded, I was one of the things I was talking about is um, with the last year or so, I'm seeing a lot on Facebook about people saying the world's coming to an end. There's this dim, dark view of our society today and all that's going wrong with it. And it's because of that. I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. Any one of Paul's letters in the New Testament, any one of his letters... Um, are so relevant now more than ever because Paul is talking to Christians who they were being persecuted and I I want you at home wherever you are right now to picture this you're a Christian you can get killed in the most horrific ways by the government just for going to church okay your friends your loved ones are getting killed because of what they believe you're talking about in other countries. I'm talking about in the beginning of the Christian church, first and second century AD, um, throughout Rome. It it literally looked like the world was coming to an end. I mean, they that at that point, if anyone had the right, to, the, the the ability to say the world's coming to an end, it was those it was those people. Uh, the world's coming to an end. Jesus is returning. Right, like it, like this is this is the fourth quarter. Right. right. There's this is the two minute drill. Right. It's over. And so, um, what Paul is telling them helps them to kind of realign their thinking, which is why I think it's so prevalent to, to today. But just to give you at home an example of what I'm talking about is, we, everyone knows the Philippians was a 13 or 14. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Everyone knows that one. That's the coffee cup. Motto. You see it on all the sports stuff, helmets, baseballs, right? Hockey, lacrosse, and we always apply it to physical ability, How right? Would I just throw out lacrosse like I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Newcastle. We don't know anything about. Lacrosse. We don't know. Remember the two sports we had in Newcastle: <laughs> football and fighting. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but uh, you know, we always think of it as Philippians four thirteen as. I can bench press 300 pounds because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. However, 
as Pastor Anthony has always, always, always taught me and every anyone who has ever been to a Bible study of his has always told us the Bible is not a bunch of fortune cookie statements. Everything has a context to it. If you want to know the power and the, the purpose behind a verse, you got to read it in its context. Philippians 4, the whole point of Philippians 4 is Paul talking about, ready for this? Being content with all things. I, I'm not going to read it, but I highly recommend you at home. Just read uh, Philippians 4. Paul literally talks about, throughout the entire thing, about how you can be how you can be in a situation where your circumstances, your environment is all negative. You can be in an all negative environment, things can be falling apart around you, but as human beings, as Christians, with the power we have with Jesus Christ, with the knowledge that we have that we are sinners saved by grace, with all the things that Paul talks about, that no matter what happens, no matter where we're at in life, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what the world looks like, we can be content with what we have. We can be content with who we are because we know we're a constant work in, work in progress. And this is something that Paul talks about a lot in the book of Philippians specifically, is that this world isn't all that we have. This is just the 70 years we have is not eternity. Eternity is going to come. So another way to put it is, and I think Dr. Tony Evans was the one who put, who said this, um, you have two options. Either you can see this world as the closest to hell you're ever going to get, or you can see this world as the closest to heaven you're ever going to get. If you think of this world as the closest to heaven, then you're going to be constantly stressed out because this world is always going to disappoint you. You're always going to be unsatisfied with where you are and who you are. But if this is the closest to hell you're ever going to get and you're living your life for eternity to come, not the world that we have present, then guess what? If you don't get that promotion, it's not the end of the world because you know this isn't it. If you aren't where you are in life, you're not going to fall apart. You're not going to be angry with the world because you know that this isn't this isn't the world that you were built for. This isn't it for you. Mm-hmm. This is just the beginning for you. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really cool way of putting it. It's also sobering to hear that, really. You know? Yeah. Um, I think as just... And maybe this is an American problem. Maybe because we have a couple listeners who... Are listening from other countries maybe this is just an american problem but i think you know again i'm as an american i could just i guess i can just speak for us americans i think one of the biggest problems we have in america is we also always try to define ourselves by what we can by what we can consume yeah well that's that's the that's the the nexus of capitalism right you know the whole the whole system is built upon making you feel uncomfortable so there's always products. something more yeah you know and, yeah. and it works it really does but it creates a culture where you're never satisfied yeah. at least that's i mean that's what all advertising is is you you're missing something you need this yeah um if you buy a jeep you'll be a true man right until you get it and you realize you're still just a loser <laughs> so that all that's je- what <laughs> all jeep owners have left the chat <laughs> That's what um, you know. Solomon, who was one of the wisest men who ever lived, wrote in Ecclesiastes. You know, you got this very kind of depressive book where someone's going through all the stages of life, and he's talking about it. And at the end, he's he'll he's just like, yeah, what's the point? 
You know, what's what's the point? What's the point of this? What's the point of that? But at the very end, he says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And so up until that point, he's like, if you if you can look up at the clouds, he's looking at life from the clouds down. And then what he does is he he pokes his head above the clouds and says, here's another perspective. Mm. And I think he does that on purpose. I think he's setting the author up to see that it's all pointless. And you have to go on this journey. Some people have to go on the journey longer than others to get that. Some people never get it. But it's good if you can start that way. And yeah. and that's where I will say probably it's your, your upbringing. You know, parents ha- can, can really help their kids. By emphasizing, you know, qualities and ethics and, and invisible attributes, like David Brooks called them, the the um, funeral mm-hmm. resume. The, those are the things you need to instill in your kids. You know, hard work and, and being charitable, caring, generous. You know, that's what life is about. Now, all those other things will come. But if you, if you miss that, then all you're going to have are these worldly things that just leave you empty. And I think one more other thing is be very mindful out there in the audience. And I'm speaking from personal struggle here. Be Always check yourself to find out who are you looking to for approval. Because that's another thing that we tend to always do that's a huge mistake is we tend to always be unsatisfied unsatisfied because someone doesn't approve of where we are of, of or of who we are or what, what we're like um again something else that paul talks about a lot in his in his letters is the only person whose opinion truly matters is god's opinion so don't don't look to a fellow in imperfect sinner as a god and say okay i know i'm okay because of what they yeah, say or, or even gauging a fear of success right because you know paul's a great example because before his conversion he was a success yeah like majorly in the world's eyes and he talks about that in i think philippians 3 but then you hear him in galatians 1 and he says you know am i, I i'm not striving to please man but god yeah you know he's a servant of god and and where was he a success at you know, in the world's eyes, he would have been a success before his conversion. Yeah. But after that, he was a success because he was pleasing his his, his creator. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Very interesting. What what say you? You know, you're you're out there. I don't know if they can they can they leave comments on these things. No. No, you can review us though if you want. But what you can do is you can search for us on uh, Facebook and leave a comment. Uh, there, we're always open to hearing from our audience. If you just go to Faith Presbyterian Church, you know what? I'll leave a link down in the show notes, so you can just click click the link, and it'll take you right to our page. Um, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to get into to a discussion with you if that's what you if that's what you're looking for. Um, you know, because maybe we missed something, or maybe there's an objection, or maybe there's something that you're thinking of at home that we didn't touch upon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and, and also too in the future we're open for future um topics yeah if you have something that you want us to talk about and you found these to be valuable to you go ahead and share them with us we're open to to interact with you we 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 love doing this and we hope that our 
this ministry can be uh, life-changing for you and give you some different perspective. Mm-hmm. And share this with your friends, review us, and it'll help get the word out. But Absolutely. I think we're going to sign off now. This has been awesome, Seth. I always enjoy hanging out with you. And we look forward to connecting with you next week. This is Pastor Anthony at Faith Presbyterian Church in Hermitage, Pennsylvania, hanging out with Seth in the backyard. And we want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful week. No, I'm also laughing because every time I see the press record, Every person around your house right now is mowing their yard. Did you notice that? We weren't recording, and all of a sudden it's dead <laughs> quiet. It's like on Sundays, whenever we were outside, not a single oh, ounce of wind. The moment service started, it was like God was going, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>